2: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
3: The Around the NFL podcast.
4: Keep scorching the earth. From the campus of UC Irvine and the home of the world champion Los Angeles Rams, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Joined uh, for the first time ever since we've done this podcast by a man with exposed legs, Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler. What's up, boys? So not true.
5: I'm sure we've worn shorts so on this show. Wasn't prepared for you it. You have hairy legs, Greg. I mean, I'm a
6: hairy man. I just, I, it's, I, I didn't want to say anything because it's not it's a fine. negative it's, comment. It's, it's, masculinity. it's And you're getting yeah, it's older. It's getting, it's getting hairier. Mm, Thankfully,
5: unlike my brother and dad not with the hairy back, so that's solid. Uh, that's it. Also, a this is sitch. the home of the theaters Put some respect on uh, Emika Rosenthal's alma mater. UC
4: I apologize. Irvine. Of course, it is their forever home, the temporary home, at least uh, in summertime, of the champion Rams. And I have to say, like, first of all, it's great to be here. It's a beautiful day in Southern California. We're in the shade, which is an upgrade from past years uh, when we have been on location. Um, this is a big crowd here. And we've been doing this long enough where we we followed this whole saga of the Rams and for years and years the relocation drama around Los Angeles and then the Rams eventually coming here, the temporary home at the old Coliseum, SoFi Stadium comes into being and now you see what winning does. Tens of thousands of people uh, filing through these gates throughout uh, the summer, including thousands today it's, it's quite they got they, they figured this out mark they kind of stuck the landing the rams.
6: if you were to script the narrative from when they announced the move to what just happened winning the Super Bowl and then the, the fan Appearance today um, you could not have scripted it more perfectly the narrative you feared essentially five years ago came true It's coming to focus. It is coming to focus I, I, I want to use this moment though because this is this comes up like maybe four times every episode <laughs> that I have this anti-rams <laughs> thing yeah. I was health. I had a healthy suspicion suspicion about what it would look like for us at, a, at our mm. workplace and everything else. I am fine we're good the Rams right. are an enjoyable team that do things their own way I can appreciate right, it and we've been indoctrinated
5: I, I was here Thursday with my kids because that was the one day I, I think they could go to training camp and they they become Rams fans they got an, an autograph from Aaron Donald oh, in the wow. line I mean they've got a whole kids Greg zone went to, family you know, zone I was at a Jeff Fisher practice the first year he was coaching
6: the Rams it, at, to your point uh, it's
5: night and day. It's we have some here. footage of
6: that moment, and Greg and his family were moved to the front of the line in front of normal civilians to get Greg. the autograph yeah. first. That, so that Greg is so not true. Greg.
5: That is not true. He won the the bracelet. You had to have spin a wheel, and he won the bracelet. Uh, if he didn't get, if he didn't hit right. the wheel, he, he
4: did it. You had to get a little Well, bracelet. that's a little different. If yeah. there was a, a wheel that was spun. It's not remotely
6: true. Oh, a, right. Spinning a wheel sounds more realistic.
4: Um, yes, so here we are at Rams camp. And we're excited to be here and we're going to have some great guests um, uh, including the voice of the Rams, J.B. Long, uh, Jordan Rodrigue, who covers the Rams so beautifully for The Athletic. We're going to have a kind of like a Rams Knights of the Roundtable conversation. Like that. I I feel like that works. Whatever. Smart football minds. And uh, we're also going to have Alan Robinson of the big marquee signing and free agency Um, along with Bobby Wagner coming to town. Those are the two big names on each side of the ball. We got Alan Robinson on the show. So we'll talk to Robinson what it's like to go from the Bears, perhaps the most most moribund organization right now, to the Rams, which is Hollywood. Uh, But before that, what was that?
5: That was a horn. That was like, hey, practice is starting or move to the
4: next drill. Should we do a better job painting the picture? We're literally behind... I'll say the south end zone because nobody knows. Behind the south end zone of uh, one of the fields here at the practice facility. Uh, so we're here right as practice is kicking off, and uh, we're excited to be here. Before we get into some Rams talk, let's do some league news.
7: The NFL has notified the NFL Players Association that it will appeal Judge Robinson's disciplinary decision, and it filed a brief as such this afternoon.
4: All right. We have to start with Deshaun Watson. Uh, this is this, uh, the next chapter of the story that we kind of predicted and thought was h- how it was going to play out when the first news uh, came out about um, Sue Robinson's ruling on Monday. The NFL has indeed uh, appealed the six-game suspension for the Browns quarterback. They are seeking, a, obviously, a tougher penalty, um, and we're going to see how this now plays out. Now, the league, uh, Greg, um, had the option here of Roger Goodell determining um, the appeal himself, but he is instead handing that to someone else. Uh, and what, where does that, where does, the, where does the story land for you mm. right now? How this is going to play out? Were you surprised that it's not going to be Goodell himself that makes this decision?
5: It, it makes me a little less certain from the, the feeling that if Roger Goodell wants Deshaun Watson to be suspended for a year, which he does. They've been pushing for an indefinite suspension. Uh, that would be a minimum of a year, which would probably include a fine and, and, and perhaps uh, other things Watson has to satisfy, like, like counseling. That if Goodell wanted that, then that's what's going to happen. Now, him um, appointing uh, a, a different arbiter in the case adds a little more uncertainty, but ultimately... I think what I think that's what's going to happen. It's very hard uh, to predict, but I think Watson's lack of remorse, which we've talked about on this show, is absolutely factoring in to what's going to happen. Uh, Sue Robinson mentioned it, and and I think Sue Robinson also mentioned that literally everything the NFL tried to prove, it, once we finally got to look at what she said, what they tried to prove in terms of his case was proven. The only reason he was getting six games was she felt um, hamstrung by the lack of precedent and what had happened before. And now I think this appeal opens it up. So his total lack of remorse, and and that's been the case, and we saw a report from Diana Rossini this week that his camp believed that six games was too much, that they believe he deserved nothing. um, And that, to me, speaks to his lack of remorse and speaks to... Uh, a group of people around him that is really letting him live his lie that the NFL, and now but potentially um, this judge who's going to decide, this arbiter, will see that as a huge factor and a reason to give him the full year. That at no point in this process, other than paying off the Texans and paying off all the women, has he actually expressed that he ever did
6: anything wrong. You had talked about this lurking as a legacy-defining moment for Goodell, who had the chance to step in if he wanted to oversee it and come down with the ruling that would have addressed a lot of the things that you just said. I do think that it is in a hazier place right now when Judge A came up with the six-game ruling, and this is another judge who, in theory, is going to look at it through the same lens and decide she, Sue L. Robinson, was completely wrong with, with her with the amount of games. I think that there's another detail in this, is that the league... It's come out. It's been reported. They absolutely do not want Deshaun Watson playing with the Cleveland Browns against the Houston Texans in week 13. And it makes me think that mm. if there is a amount of games that fits this, that 12 game window would keep him out of that thorny. Why does that matter? It, I, I, People to, have thrown that out there. So I, I suspect.
5: I think the league feels very reporting strongly about this. Throwing, mm. Someone is leaking to some media this 12 game number. Whether that happens or not, uh, but you're right. There's something to it. There
6: is something to it. I mean, I. It's
5: unsatisfying. But to can me. someone explain to me why that
6: matters? Right. I don't think. I think. I it think the, the the lead up. That's not going to matter to the judge or the right. new arbiter. But I'm just saying that's something the league. It's what gonna they, be they a were, massive
4: story no matter when he who, who he plays in that first. It game will be. Back. It's a detail yeah. in, it's, in there, but it's I, an
6: unsatisfying I, conclusion. Like 12
5: games seems like a very strange half measure. Like yes, it's okay. We're saying it's more. It's more significant than Ben Roethlisberger or certainly more than Jameis Winston, who she mentioned as, as sort of a precedent. But then it's it's this in-between number, and I,
6: that's why I think the NFL doesn't want that. They want the year. I just i I do think that we're in a much different place in terms of what the result could be, because Goodell is not overseeing this. I, it's been put into a different place, and, and I agree with, obviously, we are of like mind about where this should land. I think it should have been an indefinite or full season. That would be my choice if I were in charge of the whole thing. But like, an independent guy who's going to come in and look at it through a different lens than Mark, Greg, Dan, and a lot of the fans may come up with a completely different result And, it, and here. if that
4: is, and that makes sense, why Robinson came down with just the six games on precedent, you kind of wish and Greg, to your point earlier this week, that Goodell then came in and be like, well, that's fair, but everything else that she found backed up what we thought. Right, and this so is I without am, precedent. I am establishing the precedent as the commissioner, and I am dropping the indefinite suspension, and if you want to take us to court, do it, but this is what we feel like the league needs to do to get caught up and be in the right place on this. Now, maybe they feel confident that this person, New Jersey Eternal General, Attorney General Peter C. Harvey, who's hearing the appeal, will be of like mind to the NFL and I would think they do. I think they have their ducks. I mean, they've been meticulous about how they want to handle this. The the NFL that that's how this is going to end up. That's what I think this is going to be. Now it's going to be the year or indefinite. Uh, but this is all.
5: But then new. it
6: then it gets tossed into federal court. If if it's Watson's camp it's supposed to be quick though. To.
5: First of all, the NFLPA had to file, you know, potentially their appeal. They're not going to do that um, this week. It's supposed to be a relatively abbreviated process that that he'll hear this. And Mike Florio, and I I don't know if this is the final answer, but he's a lawyer, he believes strongly and he he thinks it's definite that Watson's six-game suspension after the NFLPA decided not to appeal that is upheld. That any potential push to federal court would kick the can to week seven and that would basically be the playing field that they would be battling for—that there's no way he would be there in week one. They accepted that, right? They're so accepting exactly. Yeah. They're accepting that. He will be playing in the preseason, apparently, too, which is also just strange.
4: Strange. <laughs> the whole thing. Jacoby Brissett, of course, in line to start games for the Browns, perhaps the whole season, depending on how this plays out. Of course, we'll continue to follow the story. Uh, the NFL season kind of, sort of, got underway. <laughs> um, this week on Thursday, with the Hall of Fame game in Canton, it was a Raiders twenty-seven to eleven win over the Jaguars. Uh, Mark, I imagine you were tuned in for every second of action. What was your biggest takeaway?
6: Many of the seconds. Uh, I, I, it, first of all, I think it's so funny uh, because there are a ton of articles out there reviewing the game, and we know that the, the, tangibly the game means very little. But it's just the excitement that football is back. It gets so much focus. Oh, yeah. And so I like that part great. of it. Like it's on NBC. It's got. Well, it got uh, treated like a true primetime I mean, game. I, I remember got, uh,
5: your boy Mike and Chris kind of debuting at there. the. Was so wonderful.
4: One, the I remember in our ATN blogging days being tasked with you know covering that game, and you end up writing like fifteen hundred right. words <laughs> because it's football, and the, the announcers are there, and you, and there's all the discussion, and, and then somebody pops out. Like last year was Micah Parsons uh, mm, for the Cowboys. This no, that year. Was good. That, it is Trayvon Walker. That's not my take as so much as it's... Uh,
6: no, Trayvon Chucks. Walker looked... I mean, it's just you wanted to see something if you're the Jaguars or a fan of the team, and you did. Uh, the, the Raiders... Struggled. They gave up five sacks. Um, Josh Jacobs. I think this was one of the bigger storylines that Josh McDaniel, who's going to do things differently. We know that coming from the Patriots' way. Had Josh McDaniels, in theory, their starting running back out there for the first two series. He ran hard. He ran a lot. But they've got Zamir White as well, and so I think see that, that's one battle to look at with with, the, with Las Wait, Vegas. He played all their running backs. This was. This is like overreact to. Pre-season I know Greg hates usage. this because
5: I saw you tweet I about well, this. Well, I, I hate overreact to <laughs> preseason usage season, like, oh, he must hate Josh Jacobs. He's playing. (laughs) It's like, no, every coach is a little different. And Josh McDaniels is coming from the Belichick school of every year he approaches preseason snaps differently than the year before and different week to week. And there's no point even reading into it. He he might feel for whatever reason, let's play Jacobs this week and then he's not going to play the rest of the preseason. Or he thinks, I want to get all the running backs some snaps because I'm just like looking at it. And that's what he did. He still put Jacobs out there first. So it's just impossible to like know what any of that means. But we can say Jacobs look good. Well, Samir right. White look good. You know I would also I mean? add they, they did not and pick that,
6: up his fifth-year option.
5: They right. drafted
6: his replacement, in theory, and right. they're a new regime. Trayvon and, Walker right.
5: was my one, oh, really my one takeaway. It was like, ooh, that was spicy, kind of like
4: Micah Parsons a year ago. There you go. No free lunch for J- Josh Jacobs at this stage of the game. He's got to earn his playing time. We'll see if he does. And it looked like a Josh McDaniels offense, for what it's worth. I it's thought like so,
5: too. crack back blocks, and they're great. is illegal? A, a great screen... Uh, Maybe I'm saying it wrong, but uh, you know, with like the where they got the pulling. Crackback blocks? Not exactly. No, that's not exactly That's round upon a I'm saying sort of like the smash
4: blocks is really what I should (laughs) be saying. I thought the game reminded me of uh, Paris in the 40s. Just a beautiful
6: place. (laughs) That's a perfect parallel. Time to be alive. I think crackback was the correct term. It was a crackback block is a blocking scheme element where a player split out wide or in sure. the slot while motion. Oh show yeah, you're using, no
5: blind a side. you're using those You're using those read. You know those, those receivers, right, I, those right, tight ends, on and just every everything's it wide. Is Paris open. in the 40s.
4: Paris in the 30s, 20s, 20s, 20s. The screen game. Looking lovely. Finally, in the news, Steelers uh, have making us look dumb have said yeah we do want to do a contract with Deontay (laughs) Johnson two years 36.71 million 27 million in guarantees so Johnson was holding in at Steelers camp uh turns out he was doing it because they were working on a contract and they get it done Mark so we we talked about Deontay Johnson and his abilities and now they have a guy and I guess it's you know teams evolve Steelers are a well-run organization it's post-Ben Roethlisberger now. They have some extra money uh, with the quarterback situation the way it is. So it makes sense. Keep a guy in the building that you like a
6: lot. I think what we were saying, too, was um, not to self-edit, but we're, he's not going to go get one of these monster contracts. The reporting was that they were really far apart at the beginning of August, and they found a way to slot him in between Michael Thomas's previous contract and what Christian Kirk got for average per year. And so I think it's makes a sense. win for the Steelers. They, it's, it's really only outside of Heinz Ward and Antonio Brown The third receiver's got a multi-year second contract with the Steelers. I mean, they don't do this. And it tells you that Omar Khan, their new GM, although Kevin Colbert was his mentor for so long, is unafraid to go do things a little bit differently.
5: I I agree, and I also would say the deal doesn't happen unless Deontay Johnson is willing to play ball and ultimately take the bird in the hand. Take the short money now. And I would do the same thing personally if I was somehow in Deontay Johnson's um, situation. You know, he's a mid-round draft pick who's making, um, you know, Sounds like a high-concept
4: comedy that I would watch. What? Greg all goes into the body of Steelers wide out. i said Johnson. he was willing to play <laughs> ball. He makes financial decisions. Take well uh, below market deal because I'll take it. because it's
5: only two years. That's right. the key. Take well below market, not mess around, get the life-changing money now, and be a free agent very soon because the Steelers weren't going to pay market value. And that's fine. That That's good. Everyone's happy. The Steelers doing smart moves just like you love.
4: How much was Ben making his last season on contract? a lot he was he was million? over i think his 25? cap number was well, up to stuck 30. With that it was yeah. yeah so the, you could you can do that you got that window remember our window quarterback window talk we love they could spend they could be aggressive elsewhere in the roster right now tj
5: watts got the big money absolutely you're right they're they're saving that quarterback
4: um all right that's what's happening in the news we're just getting started here we have a, by the way a very very special guest one of our favorite people at the end of the show but coming up next after the break we're gonna have the Knights What did I call it? I don't remember anymore. The Knights Roundtable. Knights I, of the Round Table. The Knights I, of
6: Templar roundtable scenario. We're gonna talk the X's Rams and O's
5: football
4: experts. With the X's and O's <laughs> experts, Jordan Rodrigue and JB Long
0: up next. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better.
7: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Here's the snap, here's the knee. The Bengals will not call a timeout. The sidelines
4: empty. Rings for the Rams! A Lombardi trophy for Los Angeles! All right, there it is, the call by the voice of the Rams. And we're very happy to have him. JB Long also... Joining us from The Athletic, one of the great beat reporters in our league, Jordan Rodriguez. Welcome back, both of you, to Around the NFL. Let's start conversation about these Rams, and you have to start the conversation with Matthew Stafford, the quarterback who is going to be out of practice for the foreseeable future. Sean McVay said on Thursday that Stafford is dealing with an elbow injury that is, quote, a tricky deal. Also said that it's abnormal for a quarterback. Jordan, is this something we should be worried about? I mean, arm
9: pain in the quarterback is never not a concern, Um, but I also would say that this has been a known issue. Um, It was a known issue last year. It's an ongoing issue, and it's a known issue in the spring as they tried some non-surgical treatments. It's a known issue entering OTAs. It's a known issue entering training camps. So when you're seeing the on-load, deload schedule, Um, It's not indicating a setback. This is something that they thought, well, we have to try it this way. Um, Now, I don't know specifically the nature of the injury itself. Um, Sean McVay's comments yesterday to me were striking in that he he mentioned he'd never dealt with something like this, specifically Mm. with a quarterback. He also declined to... Um, agree that it was tendonitis. He made it sound a little bit uh, different than that. And he he talked about it in, in terms of a baseball injury, less so a quarterback injury. And he said that the team is sort of figuring it out also as they go in terms of this new treatment strategy that he's on. But This has been an overarching theme since, basically, they stepped off the field in February or stepped off the parade buses a week later, or stumbled off the parade buses (laughs) a week later, and it's been a known issue, and so I think that when you're looking at it, yes, there is concern, but there's also the nuance of they are on schedule with the premeditated plan that they had for him coming in, And, and I expect him to unload back up in Thousand Oaks, kind of away from from eyeballs and all of that um, when they start really installing in earnest for Buffalo. I would just
6: ask this because, you know, McVeigh, that that was an interesting comment that he he never dealt with that as a coach because you've seen everything. He's been around for a long time. Is the medical staff, um, if it's as new to them and uncharted, is there fair concern about where you are come November, December? Or is that just, um, we don't know?
9: I I agree. I think so, yeah, because, and and Sean McVeigh kind of was more um, blunt about this than I expected in terms of, The idea that they're trying to control every variable right now, as many variables as they can possibly control, because they know that, come that time of year, So much of this will be out of their control. So I think what their strategy is, is how much can we manage right now? How much of this situation can we control every piece of and study and track every piece of with their sports science department? I mean, you see Matthew out there with Zach Witherspoon every single day as their lead sports scientist. So that tells me that they're tracking every single data point that they can because they know they're not going to be able to during that time of year, and they can't say for sure whether the pain will increase or decrease or what. They don't know.
5: Well, he, he is throwing, and he's, it's not all just like easy yeah. throws. You saw him out th- out here on Thursday, and he's throwing the ball, and it, it looks pretty good. But it's a pretty good big concern. The pain, the the word pain is the problem. The fact that they got a procedure done this off season. And that he's still feeling pain, and it's a problem. We also might not hear of it once it gets to week one. You may never hear it again because they're just not going to talk about it. But of course, that's a concern. JB, like looking at what they did last year schematically, you're a big X's and O's guy. This is actually a, a heavy hitters here in terms of like X's and O's breakdown between uh, you, you and Jordan. Like, you go as deep as anyone. No, definitely not. <laughs> uh, like, what do you think definitely schematically not. they're going to do? forgetting the elbow injury this year to evolve this offense, because I think people from the outside, including myself, were probably a little surprised how far they went away from the traditional Sean McVay type of offense that we had grown used to for four years with Matthew Stafford, like, where do you think that goes? in Jordan, too, like, X's and O's wise and how they want to, like, change this year because they're not going to stay the same.
3: Yeah, well, let me say two quick things about the injury and then I'll try and land on this scheme stuff so that you can take it from there. Uh, first, Matthew specifically, I'm not sure. I mean, it's a good
6: play-by-play now. No, he's, <laughs> a
3: <pro. laughs> he's a, so well. was was I'm like a wash I'm,
9: like, awash <laughs> with, like, that was amazing. Is that what your partner feels like in the booth every day? Like, I'm, I'm just nodding was,
6: my head in respect.
9: That was, was, going incredi- on. That was <laughs> incredible. MJD, look out! Jordan and
4: JB
3: coming through. (laughs) I'm feeling so valued.
9: Writers don't get this. (laughs)
3: Uh, So I was going to start by saying I don't think anyone's more proven, especially not at that position, than Matthew Stafford at pain management and playing through bumps and bruises. Like Matthew Stafford, 75% has been good enough to win on Sundays and even to win. Uh, a, Rem- now, a championship.
4: Remember, one of the most famous uh, playthrough injury moments in the last 20 years. Shoulders out, shoulders out with the Lions. The guy's yeah. tough as nails.
3: But I, I will acknowledge the legitimate concern. Um, and at this time of year, we wouldn't be talking about this issue if that wasn't shared. And if there's a through line to Sean McVay's success over these five years, five winning campaigns, they've won a lot of games on Sunday, but they've also won a whole lot of Friday afternoons. And what I mean by that is their injury fortune and Reggie Scott, VP of, of Sports Medicine, their whole team has had the top of their roster available on game day, I think, as often or more often than any team in the National Football they League. They always rank high in that adjusted game's loss. And from you, can't, football you can't overstate that. In terms of scheme, you're right. I mean, I was talking with Cam Akers, Rams running back yesterday, about remember when he went off at SoFi Stadium against the Patriots? That was kind of his welcome to the NFL mm-hmm. moment. I went back and looked at some of those highlights And like was uh, characteristic of the Jared Goff Rams offense, he was under center. Cam was in the dot. And that was kind of their format for the better part of their tenure. In one year, they've totally revamped that, where now the Rams went from no gun runs to a very broad staple of their offense, the offset gun. And Matthew Stafford often preferring to operate out of empty. The difference this year as they continue to assemble the pieces around him to, I think, leverage that to its ultimate potential, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, is Allen Robinson. And Matthew Stafford has had talents like Allen in his past, but McVay with the Rams has not, and I think that's going to have a ton of benefits, especially finishing drives in the red zone, and if you can layer in OBJ in November or beyond on top of that uh look out. I think that's the next evolution of this offense.
9: Yeah, it's really interesting watching how it changed uh, from you know 2020 into 2021. I always refer to Sean McVay as a hard on his sleeve play caller. Like he is the play sheet. He puts himself into that. And mm. I'm not trying to, you know, write an article here in real time, but like that re- no, that's it good. really to keep is, that. <laughs> it really is what he is. So you see the facets of his personality come out by the way he designs Not necessarily by the way he calls plays, although on fourth down we could argue that. But also, like the way that the layers manifest, right? And you saw him um, almost overcorrect in some ways. They didn't, you know, with some of the things that they were doing out of the out of the gun and some of the drop back passing and limiting the play action specifically for under center when they were going play action they were also going gun action which they'd never done in the Jared Goff, Sean McVay era because it was that that sense of everything opening up in front of the quarterback and then allowing the quarterback to make the decision post-snap instead of sort of uh, like laying up what I think is a very valuable cheat code but one that they became so dependent on. So you almost saw him overcorrect personally in, in some of the ways that he was designing this offense and I think What they want this offense to look like in its fullest manifestation is a high pass volume offense with a really solid explosive run game with running backs who can work out of the backfield and be threats in the passing game and you've definitely seen that so far here in camp you saw that in in trickles and and phases not necessarily maybe the run game last year they had to do a bunch of different things because of injuries but specifically with the pass game they want the ball in Matthew Stafford's hands as much as possible not to not to sort of downgrade the run game at all because it will still be such a huge factor but they, they want Matthew Stafford throwing the ball. And so that's where we kind of come back with this arm thing, this elbow thing. You know, it does, that kind of raises the concern level a little bit because I do expect this to continue to expand. You're going to continue to see the empty sets. You're going to continue to see, yes, the motions and the screens that Sean McVay loves to do. But, but, man, you're going to see them spread out the field, not just horizontally but vertically with what Allen Robinson can do.
4: It's a tricky needle of thread what the Rams, of course, have accomplished and how they've built this team. And you're going to see, and you're already seeing teams trying to copycat because, listen, we're at the home of the champions right now. But the Stafford issue with the elbow, and you look at their secondary with Jalen Ramsey and then some question marks. You look at Bobby Wagner, a veteran in his 30s. Aaron Donald now a veteran in his 30s. This thing could go sideways very quickly. Uh, because it's a very top-heavy star veteran team, any concerns about that coming off mm. a long season? JB that, as
5: an employee can't answer that.
4: But I'm coming saying. off a season where they <laughs> play the company so line. many games. I can definitely answer that. Yeah, where, where do you come down on that, JB? Is that <laughs> is that something that you feel like this team, could they handle injuries, or are they more susceptible and, and more danger right now as a result of the way they're built?
3: It feels like deja vu all over again. <laughs> Being here last year, I remember hearing the criticism Whoa. of what a top-heavy roster it was not from you specifically, But like goes. then you lose Mark. At, but go on. <laughs> no. Mark is a top ten global NFL insider. You never in, say such He's a, a top mean, ten football insider. Football insider.
5: <laughs> he he also is a huge Rams guy. Like loves the NFL's connection with the Rams and loves you. He's I'm sassy. Just, I'm
9: so yeah. happy right now. I even got to hear a sting live. Like I'm so happy right
5: now. <laughs> I, I think
3: what last year taught me is just how profound appreciation you have to have for the stars needing to align in so many regards for a moment like that to happen at SoFi Stadium. Everything from the Broncos being willing to trade Vaughn Miller and OBJ getting out of Cleveland to make himself available post-deadline as Robert Woods tears in ACL, to having a, a future Hall of Fame safety down the road two years into retirement in San Diego who's been watching and studying your scheme and can step in and play just about every meaningful snap uh, throughout the postseason. I think there's a valid case to be made that this roster, this team, could beat last year's team. I think Hmm. last year they may have been a year ahead of schedule, especially with respect to Stafford and McVeigh and the weapons they've assembled around him. Now, with the schedule they're going to face, does that mean they're going to have as good a record, win as many games, or go as deep as they did? Uh, No, of course not, but I don't think it's because they're top-heavy. I think to capture the sense of urgency and to have all of the good fortune from the footballs bouncing their way um, to getting the sleeper agent of the San Francisco 49ers into the postseason to clear out the Cowboys and Packers like you can't replicate that That'll never happen again.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: I mean also like they go get these big names, but they work out I mean Matthew Stafford worked out Odell Beckham in time worked out and Alan Robinson Can we overstate I've seen some of your tweets? You said some jaw-dropping, jaw dropping your draw dropped to the grass. I think at one point Jordan watching it's one of his catches <laughs> Okay, you've got it back really I great mean, work. Can we overstate yeah. how well this is working out so far?
9: yeah i mean i'm as you guys know you know the nature of my job is to be a bit skeptical right and to not overreact to things and to sort of dig in deeper and and see moment by moment what's happening and i gotta tell you like the hype is real on alan robinson i know and it's it's in may i'm standing there at otas and matthew stafford is not throwing and they're running through install And Allen Robinson is moving through. And and again, when you look at an All-22 view of what this offense is and how the route layers spread out and how they sort of um, interconnect with each other, you see him doing it like he's not new. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh my god, this guy could play a game for them tomorrow, and then I'm sitting there it's May, what am I doing, who have I become <laughs> and and I'm sitting there thinking this is going to be so special, and, and it has been special every single day, even on the days where you can tell they're um, sort of experimenting with each other with the ball placement and they're figuring out leverages and they're figuring out the way that Alan likes to catch and the way that Matthew likes to throw and some of the timing stuff and, and sometimes that leads to the turnovers or the drop passes or, or whatever, but you can see the, the um, collaboration And it's it's very similar to how he and Cooper Cup collaborated on this offense last year all through the spring Literally drawing plays in the grass after practice and I think it's it's so special And and when you think about the addition here and talking about the the guys that have worked out there's also When the Rams are targeting these players, it's not wantonly like they're not just saying oh that guy seems pretty good like they do have a uh, analytical study of the top tier guys who they will pursue and they value you know how much capital can we push in on that specific tier of player because they know the expectation with the middle and the bottom part of the roster is those guys have to bring up everybody with them not Mm -hmm. just schematically in the course of snap to snap but in the locker room in the film room the expectation is those guys are brought up with them and that's every single player even some of the more Um, controversial additions they've made in the last couple of years who have done nothing but prove that they're that type of person as well kind of
6: like ricky hollywood as a one (laughs) offering there
3: there she is there she
9: is
3: (laughs) I, i was wondering if you guys came to try and get Ricky back? Or Ooh, so we that have, there's a plan moved.
4: percolating, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> or but so we that, can't share it with you. you Dan, you, know. you probably want to sit Kway. down with
3: Les Snead and give him your <laughs> Will Fuller pitch, right? Because the Rams are...
4: Well, you mentioned Fuller because we brought up Fuller on the podcast this week when the Cowboys had a hit to their depth chart. And then Greg astutely brought up well, Odell Beckham. Cowboys, that's meant to be. And then I hear J.B. Long, who's totally plugged in to this building, almost speaking earlier as if yeah, Odell's, you know, he's going to materialize down the line. Is that the expectation around mm. this team in your mind that Odell's going to be here? Cam Akers doesn't think think so. He took his number. I you know, will
5: stay out weird. of
3: the Odell Beckham Jr. prediction business. I I, I don't <laughs> to think that's... To the beat reporter damn. then. <laughs> oh, this is lame. <laughs> I think there are good vibes on both sides, but there's also, what, 31 other teams who will have a say in that. And presumably have some time to have a say in
5: that it is fascinating like if Robinson ends up being as good as you as like we think he might be like that it ended up being a Von Miller for Allen Robinson trade like if Von Miller took that money Allen Robinson probably uh, wouldn't be here I don't know they
6: find a way to figure everything out right that's that's true too
5: and just before, I, I know you guys have to work and stuff, but I'm thinking sort of about this division too as a whole, and it feels. I was else- also
4: curious for Jordan's answer oh. to the Odell Beckham question. Oh, what are you? <laughs> Just think? out of curiosity. Okay.
9: Oh, we're okay. We're back there. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs>
4: give, give us one second. <laughs> we do have time. Yes. Also,
9: I mean, I can't speak for you, but um, I love being here. So if you, mm. yeah, yeah, so <laughs> you're gonna have to actually crowbar me. This out is of This is your fourth seat. episode yeah. of the week.
3: your audience <laughs> you can't possibly get this deep in your podcast. <laughs>
9: um. I think, like JB said, I think there's very good vibes on both sides. I think this is one of those things, and I I repeat this, you know, Rams fans and readers and subscribers know, I repeat this altogether too often, Um, multiple things are true at the same time about this situation. Like, I personally am optimistic that this is something that that works out longer term. I don't expect Odell to be back um, until, like, November-ish, so there's not really a timeline on this, while at the same time, it's another truth that he has every right and should do what's best for himself and his family so i think that he seamlessly fits back in with this group they stay in contact with him um you know he sean mcveigh is like publicly wooing him in every chance he gets and you know odell was at sean's wedding i mean it's it's like you know the breadcrumbs are there there's good vibes right but but at the same time multiple truths like yes i can see him fitting in Um, and and making an impact because, like I said, they do hope by that time of year to continue to be a high-volume passing attack, right, Mm. barring any sort of setback or Elbow flying off into the sun, or whatever. And so at that point, I do see him fitting in. I see a role for him. I see um, some flexibility perhaps on the second year of such an offer versus maybe some incentive heavy stuff on the first year. And I also think that at the same time, Odell very rightfully should do what's best for him, whether that's emotionally being here and sort of settling in Los Angeles, um, maybe like full time. Or whether it's someone else, you know, gives him a huge offer that he, he can't and shouldn't refuse because you need to make sure that you're taking care of, your family's taken care of.
5: Hmm. Do you think they make some of these moves with the 49ers in mind? It, it looks like a two-team division to me. And Sean McVay's offense has struggled against the 49ers. They won this. I, I think it's gotten a little overlooked that they really won the Super Bowl because of the defense more. It's a team game, but if you have to apportion credit, this is a team that embarrassed the Cardinals, embarrassed Tom Brady until the you know the Rams started fumbling every time, uh held the 49ers in the teens and kept getting the ball back in the Super Bowl cuz in part cuz they haven't had answers for the 49ers in the regular season it, on offense like how much do you think this battle between Shanahan and McVay plays into their offseason thinking? And, like, how do you see that going this year? Because it seems very important to
3: I'm me. fascinated to hear you call it a two-team division because given the way last year ended with the heroics at SoFi Stadium, Week 18 and then also in the NFC Championship game, I was surprised when the schedule came out and the Rams and the Niners are done by Halloween. Oh, like, their games annoying. are early. Mm-hmm. Um, which usually says that that's not how the league necessarily sees the division playing out. It may have just been a, a scheduling quirk. But uh, in terms of answers to the Niners, how about Bobby Wagner? Because the way this division plays, the Rams have absolutely wiped the Cardinals. Right? The Seahawks have had the 49ers' number, and the Niners have had good success more than any other team in the division against the Rams. But if I'm if I'm not mistaken, now every remnant of the Super Bowl team in seattle is now gone with russell wilson going to denver and bobby wagner being here and i it's such a departure from their team building model jordan to invest in a veteran future hall of fame off ball linebacker that's typically um, a salary cap corner that they would cut but i think they saw something special there Um, not necessarily to solve the san francisco conundrum though i do think he will help in that regard and and i'll just add one other thing because we haven't talked about despite not having a top 100 pick in the draft, I think they have found some starters again on defense, especially in their mm-hmm. secondary. Given the quarterbacks and the offenses they're going to face on this championship schedule, you can never have enough corners, but especially here in Give 2022, us the names. What are the names? Darian Kendrick Darian would be one. Darian Kendrick,
9: Jacoby Durant, uh, seeing some good things from Rush yeast um, although they're so safety. Ha- and, I mean, they've got – They came in thinking, oh, corner is a position of concern. In the draft, they leaned on what they do best. They found a ton of guys who are um, maybe perhaps overlooked in some areas of athletic testing or... Um, certain phases of the the standard draft process um, they run them through these personality tests to determine like whether their culture fit for specifically what they're gonna ask them to do um, and then they show up day one and they start to ball and it's I'm not kidding like this kid Darion Kendrick he's matched up against Allen Robinson in the red zone and holding his own mm-hmm. and this is this is something to watch
3: and they traded for Troy Hill they got Troy Hill back in Los Angeles where he played his best football could prove to be for this year the most important thing they did on draft weekend.
6: They seem to have their act together.
4: They seem (laughs) to. And if if Jordan is good as I know she is in terms of her writing ability, Yeast Rises has to be in the mix
0: at some point. (laughs) Uh, It hasn't been used already. It's been used.
9: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? But I did – if you guys have a second too, like JB made a great point about the Bobby Wagner edition because I think – Ultimately, what ends up beating the Niners late in the season when they had to get through them to get to the Super Bowl is something that goes so underlooked um, through the course of the, the history, the modern history of this team. And that is Raheem Morris and Sean McVeigh. They completely unpacked the defense they had spent the last two and a half years evolving mm-hmm. that nobody else was playing. They completely unpacked it, went totally opposite by dropping the safety down, Eric Weddle dropping the safety down specifically built the entire defense in one week to stop the run that's it that's all they were going to do so that agility is not something they had in 2018 when they came up against similar problem-solving issues i will say politely Um, they didn't have that agility so agility got them over the hump here and bobby wagner is somebody who continues Mm. to expand that agility with the multiplicity of what you can do not for what your team is doing what the scheme and the design per game can be. They
4: deserve the benefit of the doubt. I mean, what else do we need to see? What else do we need to hear? You've said it all, Jordan and JB. Thank you. This Rams round table. Wow, Mark
6: has a rash from all this glowing <laughs> Rams are you okay? It is such a narrative. Like I, It's a beautiful day out. This team just won the <laughs> Super Bowl. Narratives are good. narratives for what a are reason. We, the, the grape nuts of the National Football League? <laughs> I think exactly. that's right. That's right. Our, you know The question is not whether or not the Rams are right for you. Forget
4: about me are you right for and the Rams? you and our families, JB, sitting in the park together having wine and cheese. You and Sessler just sitting one-on-one in a restaurant chopping it up. I like that.
3: Well, various uh, personalities have come on this show and not – given Mark his due. He's trying think, to correct for for that, record. and I think
4: that that's fair.
5: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not pointing right,
3: real, right at Kyle Brandt,
4: but I'm kind of calling back. Ooh, Kyle, Kyle owned it. Yeah. He took the L on that, but it happened, and we can't ignore it. You're All
6: taking right. the road less traveled, and it's going to benefit you in terms of our friendship.
4: All right, you guys have a lot more work to do today, but we thank you for taking some time and uh, hope to have you on again. The Jays, soon. Thank you.
3: Thank you to uh, ATN and everything you guys have meant to my NFL experience
4: uh, on and off the air. You guys are the best. You're the best. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, there we go. Love those two people. Great, great conversation there. And one thing we didn't get to, gentlemen, that I want to throw out there with the Rams Mm. after that trade deadline, they face these quarterbacks Tom Brady, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. Justin Herbert. I want to put a season, a sandwich out there right now that Aaron Donald's going to get some more help in the pass rush via trade deadline, a splashy acquisition, because that that does profile as a tricky situation there for this team and a team that loves to make a splash move. It's going to be an interesting year because, like Mm. we were saying, like so many things went right to win last year. You're asking all those things to go right Again, I think this team's going to need help.
6: Well, it's the presence of for each of these NFC West teams having to deal with the AFC West because half of those quarterbacks you talked about are mm. sitting in the AFC West. It, it takes their schedule, and if you're in the, a global view of the NFC, you're loving if you're the other three divisions of what the NFC West has to deal
5: with. I mean, there there's not a cloud in the sky, but uh, Dan's bringing the gray gloom and doom
4: here to <laughs> What Irvine? was the last
5: back-to-back champion in our league? Well, sure. No team has more than, what, a 15 20% per chance of winning the Super Bowl. It's going to be tough. I, that, that is absolutely true. Uh, it's, it's the elbow thing that worries me. I like that, that point on the defense. It's a good prediction because they are awfully thin in terms of their outside pass rush. I know they feel like they can generate it, and they got Leonard Floyd, mm. and like things work out usually, but they are, they are rather thin. They did not replace Remember our middle. first
4: edition of Training Camp Whispers when I brought up Matthew Stafford's elbow, and Greg was like, you're, you're a fool. Why, that, would you even, that
6: that why would you even bring it up? No one. It was. It was idiot. so dismissive that Graver had to take it out of the right, show. That you just
5: made something up whole cloth. No, that was like just wasn't. apparent to the listeners. It was like Stephen Ross' statement: "Like <laughs> you're just making your own reality."
4: Um, all right, good stuff. Great, JB and Jordan both know their stuff, so I hope you, the listener, uh, enjoyed it. Um, coming up next after the break, Jordan talked about Alan Robinson and the raves he's been getting and, and people are coming up to her without her inquiring, saying this Alan Robinson's going to be insane this season, but well, we're going to have Allen Robinson right next to us. And we're going to ask him about his debut season with the Rams right after this.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses.
7: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: All right, welcome back. As promised, uh, two huge pieces added to the Rams. Everybody talks about Bobby Wagner on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, it is Allen Robinson, wide receiver. Welcome to Around the NFL. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. How does it feel Obviously, everyone knows what's going on in Chicago that that as a team that's Rebuilding it's had some down seasons now you come to Los Angeles. You're all of a sudden part of the defending champions What's the vibe the difference for you?
8: Um, you know for me? Um, the difference is I mean, they're different organizations obviously, but again for me man coming into here you know wanting to be the best player that I can be you know and and you know like I said before man um, Playing alongside guys like Cooper playing alongside guys like Matthew A.D. you know when you playing with the best man that brings the best out of you, you know And I've seen that even for myself, you know since I've signed here, you know Just just how I approach the offseason I approach coming into camp, you know On my day-to-day, you know, is just continuing
6: to challenge myself to get better the one I mean across the board the early reviews on how you fit into the offense, how you picked it up quickly have been rave reviews. I mean, what what was your approach from the minute you got the playbook to now? I mean, how, because that's not true of every player that, especially for wide receivers that go into certain systems.
8: Man, just taking advantage of everything, you know, at my disposal, you know, being able to, to To play for Coach McVay, you know, being able to play with Matthew, with Cooper, like I said before, man, just, you know, leaning on those guys so that I can learn and grasp as much as possible, as fast as possible, you know. And then on the on the other side of that, was just continue to prepare myself physically for the season, you know, that's taking this offseason, you know, being able to to take the route concepts and things that I learned in the spring, then this summer being able to get out on the grass and try to perfect those in the timing and different
5: things like that. You say the is different. Like your vibe right now is definitely very LA, very chill. You've got the Crocs on, but you've also got the Crocs with the little accoutrements. What what are those called? There, like, are you getting deep into? Well, we
4: got the yin and yang. We got you the got football.
5: You got the football. We have a friend, you know, John Gonzalez, uh, who who loves adding the little trinkets to the Crocs. Are you getting deep into that subculture? I am. I am. You know, it's it's it's
8: a pretty cool additive. You know, to to the Crocs. You know, so whenever I go to the store and grab some, you know, I grab I grab a few pieces. What, what's it. it
4: like joining a new team? Because we can't, obviously, we don't know what it's like. But you do know if you start a new school or, you know, you have first, you're starting at a new job. Like, do you find people right away that you bond with? Or is there a time where you kind of keep to yourself? Is it difficult to transition to a new team?
8: No, it's not difficult at all. You know, again, um, especially I like, when you're a vet, you know, again, um, you know a lot of guys across the league. You know, even right. like, you know um me and ad was in the same draft class you know um van jefferson went to my high school you know back in detroit you know so even for me knowing knowing matthew a little bit from when he played in detroit you know so i mean it's a it's a lot of different things that kind of you know come to fruition you know when you go to different teams you know you know being a vet and things like that you know but it hasn't been a tough transition at all
6: do you ever you and you know matthew stafford long, a long uh, journey in detroit you've been all over the place and and you never ever had a Matthew Stafford playing quarterback with you do you ever look at each other and just say this is this is way better this situation we're in right here
8: <laughs> um again man for me you know uh, it's a it's a blessing to be able to play with a quarterback like him you know again i mean um even even for me you know growing up in detroit you know and watching and watching, you know, him from afar, you know, growing up and seeing, you know, how he was as a quarterback. Now being able to to play with him, you know, it's been fun, man. Again, I mean, he's a person who comes in there every day, you know, comes to work, competes. You know, he sees, you know, everybody on the field, you know. So it's it's fun and it's been exciting.
5: You're you're kind of a, a football tapehead's favorite throughout your career. You, you've been in some spots um, where the production depended sometimes on the offense around you. Sometimes it, it's huge. Uh, do you think that? In this spot, you're surrounded. You mentioned Aaron Donald. I'm sure he's one of these guys by, like, a lot of like-minded people.
8: Yeah, you know, again, that's that's what makes it special. You know, again, um, being around guys that are like-minded in a sense of, you know, like I said before, um, the dedication and work that they put in, you know, each and every day. Like I said before, when you're playing with great players like that, man, it does nothing but challenge you to be, you know, as, as good as you can be, you know. And, and, again, each and every day, you know, like I said before, man, if I don't know if anybody has watched, you know, his workouts or, you know, have – they don't allow us to now. <laughs> or they keep or us have us around, away you know, that. Cooper Cup when he's working out or and things like that. And
5: when you're around, you know, great guys like that, man, like I said before, it brings the best out of you. So you're kind of under the radar, and now you're going to be with the Rams, you know, you're playing kickoff game, and, and you're kind of known as, you know, you're a quiet receiver who goes about his business on the field. Now that you're in LA, any thoughts to like rapping or acting no, or maybe like a celebration after every first down where right, you re- the man is about football. No, I just mean like where you like embarrass the person that you are playing against and as a family. Like just as a way to build your brand. <laughs> he's slightly psychotic
6: just to let you know if that's if he's throwing you off <laughs> at all.
8: Nah man again for me it's just about going out there and getting my work done. You know at the end of the day everything else to take care of itself. You know, like I said before man, I came out here very focused, you know, and I, and I want to continue to you know not only be that but but continue to enhance my game you know and, and as cliche as it may sound as being the best player that you could be you know for me that's been my main focus you know since the day I stepped foot in this building you know and that will continue to be my ultimate focus.
6: Did uh, Sean McVay you know were, when, when Odell Beckham came to the Rams last year there was a lot of chatter that he got on the phone with Odell Beckham and said this is how you're going to be used this is why the Rams fit you did he make special pitches to you did he go out of his way to make this the most attractive landing spot? Yeah again you know we we we
8: spoke, you know, before we um, uh, came to agreement on the deal. But again, I mean, uh, I, I said this the other day, but I don't think that they knew that they had to, to uh, sell me as much as they Not did. As you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I had been able to, to watch, you know, uh, his system and Matthew and those guys from afar, you know, for 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 a good little while. You know, so
5: again,
4: uh, they like this answer. They like that answer. <laughs> Mark likes to think it was his question that's getting the
5: applause. I
6: think it was from a large variety of people here. Obviously. But, um,
5: <laughs> But, yeah, you know, he put on
8: some tape and show how it would be used and things like that, you know. And, and again, you know, I saw myself fitting in well.
4: All right, so last question. From Detroit, you were in Chicago, known for the deep dish, and it's the Midwest, so the bratwurst and all that stuff. Here in Southern California, Mexican is huge. It's great food. What is the Detroit food? What is the, the food from where you grew up that's the best?
8: <laughs> I would say – uh and this may sound crazy to some people and I say this all the time. You gotta if you're ever in Detroit, they have Detroit style pizza. I've been that's been getting it, very second. popular okay. now. Wait,
4: wait a second. I love pizza, I'm pizza guy. Tell me about Detroit pizza.
8: It's not quite deep dish, but it's more so kind of like pan. Some people do it differently, some people have a little bit of the sauce on top, some mm. not, but if you if you go to Detroit, ask around my favorite is is Jets Pizza. Shout out to Jets. Um they have a Detroit style pizza and a and a, and a few other spots, but Detroit mm. style pizza is the way to go for sure.
6: L. A. has wow. a few Detroit style pizza spots. You really? just, wow. yeah, just go really? go do a little grub Mark, up search, you'll find it.
4: Mark, you're way more knowledgeable on the subject yeah. as a guy not a big food guy. You impress I, me here.
6: I almost bought Detroit pizza the I other night, but like now pizza, I'm gonna huh? now I'm gonna do <laughs> it. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna pie it.
4: Alan Robinson, <laughs> may you find great success, big numbers, and plenty of Detroit-style pizza here in Los Angeles. Best of luck. Guys. Thanks, uh, appreciate Alan. it. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate you. All right, there goes Alan Robinson. And we are wrapping up our day here at UC Irvine, the home, once upon a time, of Amica Rosenthal. <laughs> what a time she had. Maybe she fell in love for the first time here. I don't want to know about yeah. it. We'll have her on later to talk about I'm that. I'm sure she got up to some things. Um, but before we leave, we could not, we could not leave the Rams world without talking to one of our favorite people in the world. She is on Mount Rushmore as one of the greats in the history of our show. Uh, and now she is basically elevated beyond us as big time talent for the Rams. You know who I'm talking about. It's Ricky Hollywood, Erica! What's up, babe? Hi.
1: It's so good to see you guys. This is weird. I know. Yeah, well, You're like a
4: guest on the
5: but podcast. But is it like, uh, it just feels like it's another podcast, except you're wearing Rams merch. Yeah, that's... It's not that
6: far removed.
1: Yeah, that's true. No, it, it's def- it's definitely different. But you're sitting yeah.
6: far away from us. is that Do
1: I take that symbolically to mean anything <laughs> of any nature? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But I mean, you can look into it however you want. What's going
4: on, Ricky? You've been now with the, with the Rams for about a month, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. What are you doing? What so, they on? have
1: me doing a lot of stuff. I'm doing the Morning Minute, which has been doing really well on social. You're getting
4: noticed uh, by the fans over the Morning Minute, I You're think. a Ram-out? Yeah. A ram,
5: so, a ram el- yeah.
1: yep exactly. They try to make rag.
4: rams into every word.
1: Yeah. Ramily. Um, No, um... To Kobe, Kobe Durant came up to me and he's like, "Oh, you're the minute lady." He's one of the go. rookies on our defense, which is great. Um, so yeah, it's been really good. We have a celebrity flag football match today. I actually convinced Rachel Benetta to come down again, so she's playing in that. Benetta is
4: in the celebrity. Yep. Uh, what yep. about us? We're here.
1: I, I did actually pitch you guys, and we're, they passed. We're f- huge it's in hard Scotland. You know that. <laughs> I know. They, well, I did try. I did say, do you want me Pockets. to reach out to any of the AT young guys? Dan and I have cannons too. And I mean, they yeah. Would have money
5: to be in a flag football game with like, with, like with YG Mark. and TikTok not, I don't, stars. Not, I'm not worried about the other people, but I just want to be either on Mark's team or an
4: opponent. Either way would be delightful. It's intense. I would love Greg via Mark. Greg's lining up in the slot. Mark. Lining up as the nickel corner, and let's just let's just
6: going to jam them at the line of scrimmage.
4: (laughs) Let's rock dense Uh, press coverage.
6: Greg Greg receives the line. It's
4: not happening.
6: No, I don't think so.
4: Uh, That's
5: that's amazing. You're experiencing training camp in a way. You're a real like football football guy now. Football girl, like. You're here literally every day. We've never been to, we've what? never like experienced training camp where you're like you a living with at words. the foot. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> No, it has been nice.
1: It has been great to be here every guy. day. But yeah, no, it is a completely different experience too. sort of being at the facility. And with, you know, I'm staying at the Players Hotel. So, you know, getting coffee in the morning, really getting to you know, know What's everybody. going on at the
4: Players Hotel? Take us Players to the
1: Hotel, very nice. Bre- breakfast? Yep, gym is great. There's also a players gym that they, like, built in a ballroom for them as well. Um, per diem. Do you have a nice per diem? Oh, yeah, everything is Wonderful. fantastic. Everything's on the arm, yeah. as Steve would say. Yeah, it was, it's, it's been really great, but no, it's been awesome to be here, you know, every day, in, in a way that I wouldn't before, you know, we've come down here together as a, as a show, and you sort of just see something, it's a walk-through day today, sure. you're not going to see much regardless, but being on the inside and getting to experience this energy in a different way, and um, I'm really just loving well,
6: it. so you got to know some of the players I would imagine because mm-hmm. I mean, when they come on and talk to us it's like oh the trio of bozos we'll get through this in 6 7 minutes but when they <laughs> now you've built a relationship with some if any of them stood out as like I really like this person. I like to hang out mm. with this player a Or bunch.
4: conversely, jerks.
6: Or, uh, yeah, or Ooh, someone who's been a, a careful, bit of a, a nefarious well, character. We like have a good JB, relationship. We
4: can't get yeah. the
5: real scoop. Open yeah. yeah, no, I,
1: everyone has been phenomenal, and they just put their best foot forward every single day. Wow. Yeah. Very who good. Is, who's your, uh, some of your favorites? Who's been Honestly, fun? Honestly, <laughs> everybody here has such a unique personality. It's been really phenomenal to get to know each and every one Dino of them. Do you know Matthew Steffen? Uh, He's great. He's great. He's got a great what do personality. What are you guys talking about? Like, you hang out and we, just have,
6: like, a one-on-one <laughs> convo about, like... Yeah,
1: I was like, oh, hey, I had tennis elbow in college. Like, it got better, and then <laughs> sure, I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's been good. No, I mean, they have real personalities. Matt Gay, the kicker, yeah. actually is very, very funny. Um, they, yeah, they've he said all, hi
5: to my son. He, he w- was walking by and, like, went out of his way to say hi. Yeah,
1: he's been really good.
4: Um... What else, Ricky? What? Where can people like? What can people expect from you in your first mm. season? I know. I think it's very cool. Like in all seriousness, um, you you were a producer. You did such a great job. But we always felt, uh, and I know you felt the way that way because you have such great ambition and drive that you wanted to do something more in the in front of the camera. Like, what are you going to be able to do this year? Uh, with the Rams,
1: well, it's been it's been phenomenal so far. I've used that word a lot. I got to stop saying phenomenal. It's a good word, though. A lot I know. Of syllables. I know. Um, <laughs> the source. I've learned com. a lot. Who you guys already spoke with, J. B. Long and, and Jordan. I've been able to hang out with them every day and really kind of dig in and it's so fun, you know, having Jordan explain to me the difference between the defensive schemes that they're running and I feel like I'm really learning a lot about this team specifically, which I love, but in also I'm gonna be doing you know, I have a I'm interviewing Aaron Donald later today after practice. Um I I guess I could give an exclusive. I am yeah dropping a podcast pretty soon oh, on nice. on the rams so ch- so check that out around the rams podcast around the rams yeah <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah no just a bunch of social content they also want me to do the code of conduct video right that will play before every Ooh, rams exciting. game on the huge video board
4: should we? Uh, I guess we we should come clean too. The Around the Rams podcast. It's Ricky, Mark, myself, and Gravedigger is the producer.
1: Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> so <laughs> that sounds amazing. We, we were
5: looking.
4: We didn't know when to tell you
1: guys. If, if Graver
5: misses the show, Lindsey Fulton's gonna step right in. Like, oh yeah,
1: fill in. It'll, um, it'll any, be
4: great. Erica, any commentary on Gravedigger? I know you've you've kept an ear mm. out for the show since you left. Do you think? Like one to ten, and again we're in the trust tree. We all know each other for so long. One to ten. How's Justin doing so far? Be I
5: honest. Think,
1: I think it's an eleven. I think he is such a perfect fit for you're the very show. Very positive person now I that you're uh, you're I, I part of the. I feel. How many very minutes happy. of the show
5: have you listened to? I feel like I could, I could count them on no yeah, hands.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One. Maybe one. One. <laughs> Socially,
5: minute. did you ghost <laughs> him? No way. She she was like, oh rate. yeah, you're tracking the show closely. <laughs> yeah. No, right.
1: no. 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 I um I did listen to actually your guys Watson um pod the whole thing i did listen to that i wanted to know your your takes on it that was
6: a real howler yeah <laughs> sean actually produced that one so you didn't you yeah. didn't even listen right. to it.
1: i great did job. right yeah that's,
6: that's
4: fair no
1: i mean justin's phenomenal again phenomenal take a shot every time i say the word phenomenal <laughs> um but also you know justin has been editing and posting the show for sure. a year when i was there right, too so so I've happy been, with yeah the he's
4: he's done but you you haven't checked it out but you assume no. He's I think he's a great fit. The thrive. fans
1: seem to love him. I think there wasn't a really you know big tytoons present on the pod before, mm-hmm. and here's you guys are really hitting that and home. And finally,
4: there's a big poster that arrived at the studio uh, from a fan a few days ago, and on the Mount Rushmore, uh, there were I believe six, six. of our yeah, former producers. Yeah, I thought producers. there was only supposed to be Two, four. Too too many. I would I, you, I would argue. Do you that. think did that yeah. strike you? Well, obviously you're on it in the right. image. Um, along with T.D., mm-hmm. Zach Goldman, mm-hmm. uh, Irish. Crystal Rich. Kay Rich and La Cid. Oh, yeah,
5: Irish, Brandon McGinnis. He looked at, in the
4: picture. I thought it was
5: like a young woman, and I thought they
4: were confused. Well, he's got very uh, Keep building bridges, features. Greg. Yeah. Uh, do you think that maybe it should have been cut down to four and perhaps just one?
1: I mean, personally, everybody has, you know, their own flavor. Or do you flavor. think the
4: Mount Rushmore was phenomenal as it was?
1: I think, you know, you guys, I think our fans, and our fans, I, I speak for the last five years, do a phenomenal job of, <laughs> of finding bits and pieces to love about everybody. So there's plenty of room up there um, on the shoulders of greats. Right. I, like, I like this rookie. I, I am liking
5: it. I'm also liking sunny. The, the Rams fans who, like, come up and then they look up for half a second is like should we know these people
4: and then they're like no and then they keep moving
5: yeah
1: well,
4: i think yeah. uh i think erica you we're really proud of you and thank you it's so it's so cool to see you take this next step uh, and don't forget about us when you're delivering your emmy speech i feel like an mm. emmy maybe maybe an I EGi- love that.
1: i've been talking to them actually we were at a um a little function last night and I was talking with them about potentially, you know, the draft video was such a hit. I was like, I really want to meet. Um, they have some like Netflix producers in town and stuff like I'm like, I really need to keep working on my brand and I would love to be mm. in the next video. Um, and, and that didn't seem uh, <laughs> um, completely on the docket right. for, for first steps, but I think we're making it. And also, too, it did give me a little bit of joy to see you guys walking over here schlepping your backpack sweating as the golf cart drove me oh, to drop me off on the oh. So I did get hey a little, little bit of pleasure. That's the you for always that. wins. Yes.
4: Erica, thank you so much. Great work. You're the best. So good to see you guys. Uh, thank work. you to everybody for listening. We'll be back on Monday with another week of shows. Thank you to the Rams for having us. Thank you to everyone else for your support. Jordan, JB, Alan Robinson, you guys... That was fun. All right, until Monday, you you know what you got to do. What?
1: You said all the names. Yeah. You didn't say mine. Didn't Didn't I start with you? Yeah, yeah, you started. I led with Ricky Hollywood. Okay. Okay. And especially
4: Erica Temposi, (laughs) aka Ricky Hollywood.
1: Ricky, phenomenal. Certified
4: phenomenal. Until Monday, we're all rambling. Mm. Including
6: Mark. Me too. (laughs) He's <laughs> the call.